Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I wanted to take some time to talk about how when we are in the healing process, the healing can hurt. I bring this up because it's important to note that just because a past wound, hurt, loss, grief, trauma, that there might be some pain around it, that it might flare up, doesn't mean that it's not healing. And in fact, pain might be an indication that it is healing indeed. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey everybody. Whitney here with an Identify and Heal solo episode. And on today's episode, I'm going to explore the concept of how even during our healing, it can still hurt, that it often hurts to heal. Even the healing process itself incurs pain. So to offer some insight I wanted to explore this topic because of a recent physical wound I experienced, a recent physical pain. (laughs) So interestingly, and this is also kind of a separate topic, I find that I will get similar injuries in a row. Some say that things come in threes. Sometimes, sometimes they only come in twos. I often find that things come in twos, sometimes more than that. But maybe you all have had that experience where maybe like you hurt your foot in several different ways. Like maybe you stub your toe, you twist your ankle, you, you know, cut your foot or something. Or your hands, your neck, that you find the same thing. They say that every part of the body has a spiritual significance in terms of if something is flaring up in that area, if you're having issues with that area, then there could be a bigger problem. I actually had a beautiful guest on the show. Her name is Shara Ojin, and she has a fantastic book called Unlocking the Body's Wisdom. I've had her as a guest on the podcast. If you go all the way, way, way back, she was one of the first few people that I interviewed for the podcast, and I actually worked with her as a healer, and it was very helpful. She really assists people in releasing blocks, deep blocks that we have to attaining and having the things that we really want in life, like abundance and success and love and partnership, all those things. So that's a great resource for understanding. She kind of has a index, if you will, of the different parts of our body, different issues you can have. Like I know one of them is skin issues. And I've had really difficult times with acne and breakouts. 
so frustrating, especially in later life. You're like, am I really still dealing with this? (laughs) Yes, indeed. And the idea is that everything has a base spiritual component if you will. Spiritual meaning a deeper cause. Usually it's it's everything arises from our emotional bodies. Nothing comes about that isn't related to our thinking and our feeling. So when we shake our fist to the heavens and say, why doesn't my skin ever clear up? There's usually a deeper cause. Doesn't mean I don't still use a lot of products <laughs> to help with it, but it can kind of cut to the root cause. So Unlocking Your Body's Wisdom by Shara Ojin, I highly recommend as a resource. So first off, this was more a few months ago, but I don't know if anyone has ever had a cuticle infection on their hand where you know how like the side of your finger, like where your skin meets your fingernail, called your cuticle, it can get kind of torn up. And if it gets some sort of bacteria in there, it can become a really painful infection and it like puffs up on the side and it gets all red and swollen. I don't know if anybody else has had had that, but I had that happen to me twice within like a month on two different fingers on the same hand. And I was like, what's going on? And it was very, it's very painful. It kept me up a few nights because the way wounds do, right? They pulse and they have a lot of pain. And then more recently, I had, my, my point of sharing this is because I've had repeated things with my hands, specifically my fingers, which I find interesting. And I've been exploring the spiritual meaning of, which I'll get to that in a minute. More recently, I reached into my toiletry bag and sliced my finger open on my razor Really frustrating because it takes a long time to heal. It wasn't as painful, but if anyone's cut yourself a laser, uh, a laser, <laughs> a razor, uh, there's a lot of bleeding, and it can take a while to stop bleeding. This thing was an open cut for days and days; just would bleed if I didn't have a bandaid over it. Sorry if that's too graphic. And then on Thanksgiving, just like a week after that, I was throwing a stick for my dog, and she likes to chomp on the stick, like kind of try to eat it almost. And I went down to grab it. And I got my hand too close to her mouth and she adjusted her mouth to bite on the stick and she got my thumb instead. And so it just dug right into the side of my thumb. And I don't do well with blood and cuts. And so I like walk into the house where my family is for Thanksgiving and I get all woozy and feel like I'm going to faint and people have to bring me water. And luckily I didn't faint. But (laughs) anyways, my point was... Well, first of all, it's the idea of the spiritual significance of wounds. And when there's repeated things, your fingers, your hands, the best thing and the thing that came to me is that your hands have to do with giving and receiving, right? So I've been taking some time to really meditate on that and contemplate where am I not opening myself to receive and where am I not being open enough to give? What are my limiting beliefs about giving right now? What are my limited beliefs about receiving? Because that all happens with your hands. You also touch things with your hands. You dig into things. So it can also be an indication of holding back, holding yourself back from really digging into something that is meant for you, that you deserve, maybe feeling like you can't touch, that you can't get too close. It can do with fear. So there's a lot of significance in the hands and fingers because it's how you connect with the world, with the world around you. So that's what I've been sort of thinking about. Anyways, (laughs) how does this relate to today's topic, which is, it can hurt when you heal, which reminds me of the song, oh man, a decade ago now, oh my goodness, Leona Lewis, It's uh, it'll all get better in time, such a beautiful song, and she has a line that says, it's going to hurt when it heals too, and I was driving 
uh, away from Thanksgiving and I, my finger really hurt where my dog, you know, had accidentally chomped down on me. And I'm also, (laughs) I'm also, I get very nervous with uh, wounds getting infected. I get worried like, oh no, oh no, it's, this is infected. It's really bad. I'm going to have to go in. I'm going to lose my, (laughs) one of my digits. I've had those thoughts cross my mind. And I was driving and it was like aching and hurting, even though it had happened like two days prior. And I was like, did I not clean it enough? And then I kind of got this, well, I thought of it, but I think it was more so guidance that said, it hurts when you heal. And I thought, oh, so it's okay for it to hurt? And the answer is yes. Yes, it's okay for it to hurt. It's okay for when you cut yourself, you break something, you bruise something, you twist something. It's okay for there to be pain. Now, of course, disclosure, I am not a doctor. That's not a disclosure. What's it? A disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. And I'm also disclosing this fact. I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not trying to tell people to push through severe pain. You can absolutely have a wound that gets infected. You can absolutely have something that twists that actually is a fracture and you need to look at it looked at. What I am saying is that a certain amount of pain comes with the healing process. And so that I found comfort in that moment because I thought, oh, it's actually a good sign. It's showing me that my body is doing what bodies do, which is this magnificent process of healing itself. It's getting to work. It's bringing the cells together to close the wound back up, to clean it out, to have the skin grow back over, the cut, all the magical things, the process that happens, the healing process. It's incredible. But it's, you know, stuff happening and shifting in your finger and it's going to hurt and that's okay. And it actually can be a good sign because when you feel a little bit of pain, it means that the healing process is happening. And now it's been a full week and there's no more pain and it's scabbing over the way that wounds do. And I've spoken to this before, but it's also a good analogy to think of when we're frustrated about something emotionally not healing, or maybe a pattern that we repeat over and over. And we say, when is this ever going to change? And every process takes patience. Every process takes time. Changing a habit, changing a tendency, changing a cycle that we repeat, it takes time for it to shift. It has to heal. Something has to heal first before you can cease to repeat that pattern that usually comes from a core false belief, a feeling of deficit, of unworthiness, whatever it might be. That has to heal first. And there can still be pain in that process. Those tendencies can still rear their heads even when we're in the process of changing. So change can also be um, interchangeable with the word healing, right? When you're healing, something is changing, just like the skin on my finger. It was cut open, and as it heals, it's changing. It's changing itself from an open wound into healed back up. Ta-da! Wouldn't even know it. In a week, You wouldn't. there will be no scar. It's too small. You wouldn't even know it happened. Fascinating thing, the body, right? So change is similar to healing. It's the same concept. When we're changing a habit or pattern, it takes time. When we're healing a deep wound, it takes time. And just like with physical wounds and healing, emotional healing, 
can hurt. You can still feel pain even in the healing process. And that was sort of like the light bulb that came on when I was driving in my car and I was freaking out because I thought (laughs) I needed to drive myself to the urgent care center potentially because maybe this wound was infected. And I thought, oh, it just hurts sometimes when it heals. It's a good sign. And then I thought, huh, that could apply to other things in my life because I don't know about you all, but I often have things that I have addressed many times in my own personal therapy and my own personal work, meditation, spiritual pursuits that I've done to shift things within, to shift my mindset, to shift my beliefs. And we want to think that it just takes a few things here or there and then we're done, that we're taken care of. And the, I'm, of course, eventually we'll start to see a difference. However, as these things begin to shift, it's not just overnight that we no longer have certain feelings crop back up, right? So let me give you something more tangible so this doesn't feel so nebulous. So for example, I think I spoke of this before, but I feel like I had a major turning point in my dating life this past summer. I had a tendency to only really be attracted to or interested in men that were a bit indifferent towards me, that weren't really all that nice to me. I remember my friend joked one time, this was years ago in my 20s, and you know, I was young, I was wild, I was dating a lot of people, having a lot of flings and such. And I saw this, was seeing this one guy and my friends were like, I like that guy. I like him a lot. You should see him again. And my other friend laughed and she said, Whitney only likes people who are mean to her. And I was like, wow, she's not wrong. <laughs> so fast forward to, to now, um, sometimes I still struggle with that. And I tend to have those people come into my sphere my energy, because we attract what we believe in, right? I've spoken to this before also. We can only see what we believe in. Believing is seen. When you believe in something, then you will see it. Everything you see is because it's something you believe in. So I see and come into contact and connection with men who don't, ironically, don't actually see me. Also, I've spoken to this in previous episodes, how we have to be very aware and honor ourselves so much to realize that a lot of people that we meet do not truly see us. I spoke about this in, I think, my low-grade connections episode, why we might not want to waste our time with people who we realize don't really see us, are not our person are not somebody who's an actual match for us, whether it's spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, whatever it might be, that we know darn well, or they're not treating us the way that we know deep in our hearts we deserve to be treated. When people don't treat us how we deserve to be treated, it's because they do not truly see us or they won't. To bring it back to my example, I had this pattern of being curious if I could get a certain guy to be interested in me. Because I never was that girl that just always had men interested in them. That was just no matter what, I always had a boyfriend or someone to date. That was never me. I was, or at least I didn't feel like that. Over time, that has changed a bit, which has been an interesting experience. I went from somebody who was made fun of a lot and nobody would date to somebody who more people saw as attractive. So, and that's a whole other episode is, and I was actually talking to my friend about this recently about how amazing it is how differently people are treated 
when they're considered attractive versus unattractive because I've seen that firsthand and um, it's such a stark contrast and very disheartening in a lot of ways. Yet I've caught myself doing it too with all the years that I felt so hurt and would say, why can't people just be nice to me just for who I am, not for how I look? But then sometimes I find myself being a little extra flirty and a little extra interested in somebody, in a guy that is particularly cute. So I make an effort. I make an effort every day when I come into an interaction with somebody to treat them with kindness and respect and interest no matter what. To not let it just be determinant on whether or not I find them attractive. And of course, like there's going to be some people that we start to have a little flirty session with. And I'm, I'm not saying we have to be perfect about it, but it's just interesting really to be mindful about it. Do we sometimes treat people differently based on if we find them desirable, find them appealing to look at? So I always felt that I wasn't that person that could get any guy they wanted and that people that most people would want to date, whatever it might be. So with that kind of mindset, I was placing myself at a low value because what was I doing? I was putting all of my value on the external. That's it. If I was looking at the bigger picture of who I am, I could look at my other attributes. I spoke of that recently in another episode, making a list of your assets, not just how you look. You might have a great ass. That's awesome. That's an ass at. <laughs> and that's okay. That's fantastic. Yet the most important things, and I know this is cliche, but really, 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 truly, and I can especially say this now, I'm 38 years old. And for the first time in my life, I used to always be the one that was like, oh gosh, who cares about getting older? Like, it's going to be great. You get to be a grandma and just laze around all day. But for the first time in my life, I'm realizing, oh my gosh, you really do change how, you're, how you are like how you're perceived, how you look changes so much. And not just for attractive or unattractive, but for looking aged. It's just a strange thing. And especially I feel like someone with a pretty young, vibrant spirit. I know probably a lot of people listening feel the same way when we're more connected with our soul and spirit, we tend to be vibrant. And when I've started to realize that, oh my gosh, these things are changing. It's only going to keep happening. I got a little freaked out. I'm kind of having a freak out here. It can be hard not to just focus on our externals and on how people perceive us based on that. If we take an inventory, if we look closely at our assets, we can see that fundamentally because of who we are and inherently for just being a human being, a spiritual being, an aspect of source, God, universe, whatever you want to call it, we are deserving of love. We're deserving of kindness and respect and support from a partner, from people in general. Again, whether it's someone you cross paths with in a grocery store or someone that you're on a date with, we deserve respect from one another, kindness and caring. The first step is to do those things yourself. I realize this and what happened this summer was that I made a declaration after feeling like I got the last nail in the coffin. I had somebody who showed some interest for a second and I got really excited because they were kind of aloof, indifferent attitude towards me and never asked to see me again in a romantic way. And 
I was so upset. But then I, I realized, I was like, why do I want some, why am I interested in somebody who's not interested in me? You've probably heard that in another episode. <laughs> Maybe I don't need to say that, but I just like to harken back to previous episodes. If you look at any of mine about dating, if you're in a dating conundrum or needing some dating advice, you can go back, I think about two months to summer episodes. I talked a lot about it. And I had this declaration. I'm only attracted to love. I'm not, I said, I'm releasing attraction to anything that is not love. Because to me, what those kinds of attractions are, when you have someone who's indifferent to you and it makes you say, ooh, I want to chase them, that is conditional. Love has gone out the window. You're just looking to win. You're looking to be validated because you feel like, why doesn't this person want me? Why didn't he want to take me out again? Is this personal? And then we take it personal and we make it personal and we feel like our value is determinant on this person's approval. So we take back our power and we say, I am not interested in anybody who's not interested in me. Nothing wrong with them. Not everybody has to be interested in me. That's fine but I'm not going to chase after them. I'm going to be like this beautiful tree that's planted my roots deep. I'm going to grow something beautiful. And those who can see it, may they come. May they come to enjoy the shade of my beautiful branches, the fruits that blossom from me. People will see you when you be yourself. People will see you when you're true to yourself. So my point is, I had this big shift. I was starting to heal. The healing process began. Energy started shifting. Suddenly, I had men asking me out who were actually kind, who were respectful, who were decent, who were really interested in me, who wanted to actually take me out and treat me well, who spoke to me as an equal, not in a condescending way, which I had a lot of throughout the years, men who were very condescending, men who acted as if I didn't have a brain in my head, men who were quick to criticize me. They didn't like me. Deep down, they didn't like me. I've had to have that conversation with past partners, past people I was dating, which is, hey, listen, I don't feel like you really like me. You say you want to be with me. You say that I'm the one for you, but you don't really seem to like me because you can't seem to accept some of the ways that I am. And listen, these things are just how I am. I'm a bit of a spaz sometimes. I'm into the esoteric stuff. I'm a little bit out there. I talk about being a star seed and possibly being from another planet. <laughs> these are things are not changing. It's who I am. And I know that somebody is going to embrace that and be totally fine with it. Or if they're not, they'll be quiet about it. They're not going to judge me or be rude about it. And these were the men I started to meet. However, it doesn't mean that there aren't still times that I feel hurt, that I feel tempted to chase after somebody who doesn't want me, that I don't still have. Here's another thing, like flies coming around, an open wound, guys coming around who are that way. The universe will keep testing you until you prove that you've learned the lesson. And as your wound is healing, they still can catch that scent. <laughs> this is all kind of graphic, maybe gross. I hope not. <laughs> I hope you're okay with the imagery of a healing wound, but there's so much imagery and there's so much of a parable when it comes to the healing process and a wound. When wounds heal, it can attract things, right? It's like right before, I, I'm picturing like, haven't you guys seen a scary movie or some action movie where like there's like this black hole that's opened and it's like closing, closing, and right before it closes, like something really scary is about to come out of it and the last second it closes all the way and nothing can come out. 
And that's sort of like these deeper wounds that in the past have attracted people who are not great for us, that we might still at the last second get things kind of flying in that are just like the old stuff. And we have to have the fortitude to say, no, no, I will not take this. I will not accept this. I'm not letting this in to my sacred space, into my energy field. Because I have made a decision that I only allow things that are of love, that are of kindness, that are of the light. I'm not going to take that tempting thing, that seducive, that seductive essence that always tricks you. It can masquerade as something showing interest, potential love, and then we let it in and bam, our wound gets open right back up again. So that's another thing. Also, have you ever had a wound that when it heals, it really itches? That's also the temptation. Our wound can be healing and we might kind of miss our misery. (gasps) Do you know what I'm talking about? There's something almost indulgent about misery. When we're in these intense cycles, I've spoken to this when I talk about love addiction, right? There's something addictive almost about a abusive relationship. There I said it. But we already know this, right? The cycle of addiction. Because it's so drastic and it gets so bad, all we want is to have it soothed. And when that person comes around and just wants to soothe our wounds, we say, oh God, that feels so good. And then they take it away again and hurt us again. So you have to be mindful that as it heals, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And we're going to have some of the same fears come up. So when I say hurt in terms of emotionally, we could say, oh, I knew it. I'm never going to have a partner. I'm never going to find love. Like we can think back to past lovers, all these things, past hurts, and it can still hurt. And we'll say, how is this hurting? I decided that I'm only interested in people who are interested, interested in me. I shouldn't be hurting anymore. I should be feeling great. It just takes some time. It's going to hurt a little bit. Some some things are going to come up. But guess what? Again, it's just like your body recalibrating itself to heal your wound and bring your skin back together to, to create a healed space. Things are going to come back in. The last sort of push, they're going to bring up what needs to come up. Also kind of like getting any germs out before the wound fully heals over. It's going to hurt. But a healthy amount of hurting is normal. A little bit of pain is a part of the process of healing. Because it also helps you remember, gosh, I don't want to do this again. It really hurt when this wound happened. And it's still a little, stings a little bit as it heals. And then it's going to itch. I'm really getting into this metaphor, aren't I? But it's true. It's going to itch a little bit when it's scabbing over and we might be tempted to scratch it, scratch it, scratch it, scratch the itch, whatever it might be. And this can even be, it doesn't have to be a relationship. It can be something just like negative self-talk when we're deciding, you know what, I'm going to make peace with myself. And I've actually had this revelation recently where I thought, you know, I don't think I can bring any of this with me into a new year. This tendency to hang on to old hurts, hang on to old criticisms of myself, hang on to old insecurities. It's like this luggage that I just can't carry anymore. There's nothing worthwhile in those bags. I need to drop them. Where I'm going, they can't come. 
It's like a bird soaring in the sky. Do you think that bird would be flying if it was carrying two giant duffel bags full of their old crap? <laughs> Literally? No, they got to put that shit down so they can soar in the sky. So do you. That's why it's so important to do the work of healing and releasing. It's because we can't fly high if we're held down. There's just no room for it. And I started monitoring my thoughts. And when I have those thoughts of, oh, gosh, I forgot that I don't like this about myself. And, oh, gosh, this is still a problem. And I think, you know, is it worth it for you to keep perpetuating these thoughts? Because guess what? If you want to move forward in your life as someone who helps others and inspires others and can achieve greater success and a greater platform or grow a business, whatever it might be, these things can't come with you. There's no room for this at the next level. We level up when we release these things. But you have to know that releasing things is also a process of healing. It's saying, okay, I'm finally going to let this wound heal. Because guess what? When we perpetuate negative self-talk, it's like oh, cutting our arms open because self-talk is self-harm. Or sorry, negative self-talk is self-harm. So we make the first cut and then it starts to heal and we just keep cut, cutting it open, cutting it open, cutting it open with every negative time. And when we make that final choice to say not, not again, it's going to hurt a little bit as, as it heals. We're still going to have these temptations to say these mean things to ourselves. We're still going to have this, that fear that crops up in us like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. That's what it always is for me. Most of my self-criticism comes from this deep, this voice inside my head that says, oh, this is so bad. It's so bad about you. It's, there's something really wrong here. You should be afraid. And then the wiser, my wise mind, my wiser self, and it's probably my guides too, say there's nothing wrong with you. Everything about you is fine. Nobody is perfect. If you were perfect, you wouldn't be here. If everything had resolved, you'd fly up into heaven. Earth is not a place for perfection, as we would identify it. Really, everything is in perfection all the time. But perfection in terms of no flaws, no problems, no issues, we come here to have that deep experience. And when we decide to finally let these wounds heal, there's going to be some hurt. And that's a good thing. And I wanted to offer this episode because if you are in your healing process, whether it's through a past love, a breakup, something that you lost, a grieving that you have, something about yourself that you've never been able to accept, something that you did that you feel so remorseful about that you wish you could change, once you decide that you're going to let yourself off the hook and say, I forgive you and I'm ready to let this go so I can take flight and soar. Because guess what? 2024 is going to be a big year, everybody. It really is. I just see it as this, as this true taking off point for so many people. And we have to make peace with the fact that we are going to have to leave behind things that we've used as a crutch, as a go-to, as sort of our own little self-indulgent self-pity. And I, I don't say that in criticism. I just say that as sort of objective truth, right? When we are indulging in feeling bad about ourselves and bad about choices, we're deciding to pity ourselves. And it's basically saying, oh, I can't take off and fly because of this. Yes, you can. You can take off and fly. But again, when you make the decision to not cut the wound back open, to actually heal, it will hurt at times because you don't have your crutch anymore, because you don't have that go-to. And you're going to have these fears still come up, but you have to be strong enough to say, I release them. 
and it might just hit you right in the heart. But you have to say, I, I can feel this pain and still keep healing because guess what? Push through it and the wound will begin to heal enough that it's not going to hurt anymore. And then, then is when you have an entirely different experience. Then is when you move into being healed. The wound doesn't bother you anymore. Now what will you do with your healed, beautiful, flourishing self? All right, everybody. I hope that was helpful. Have a wonderful day and take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.